Welcome to People's Church. Before we get to this week's message with Pastor Tom Murray, we want you to know that you matter to your Heavenly Father and you matter to us. People's Church is a multi-generational faith community in Salem, committed to knowing Christ and making Him known. Sunday morning worship services at our Salem campus are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Watch messages anytime and plan your visit at peopleschurch.com. We pray this practical, biblical teaching is encouraging, challenging, and possibly even life-changing. This morning, as we continue in our series called Disciple, our heart has been to press in to God's desire that as believers, we would be a part of the cycle of teaching others. Someone dropped a note for us that said, what about this? What if each one were to teach one? I thought we could even add to that. What if each one reaches one and teaches one? People's Church, what would happen if every person who calls us their church home in the year 2022 committed to saying, I will reach one person for Christ this year, and I will teach one person. And then if that goal is accomplished, reach one more, teach one more. Praise God. So as we continue in this series called Disciple, it is important for you to hear from the pastor on our staff who oversees our discipleship groups. Pastor Aaron Jensen oversees our discipleship groups, also all of our age group ministries, PC Kids, PC Youth, PC College. This is a a man on our team who has the heart of a pastor. And many of you would say it's part of your story that when you have been in crisis, Pastor Aaron has come to your house, he's called you, he's prayed with you, he's walked with you. This is a man who weekly drops everything to go and pastor to people. And we love his heart. I'm excited for you to hear his heart today. Please welcome up to the platform, Pastor Aaron Jensen. Love you, Pastor. Come on, do we have amazing senior pastors here? Pastor Tom and Jennifer, we love you guys. Thank you for trusting me to be able to bring the word today. Pastor Tom, I was thinking maybe we want to sell tickets for the Splash Zone next time. And with it will come a parka, just free with the logo on it, People's Church Parka. <laughs> How cool was that? Man, I'm so proud. Liam, you're incredible. All of you guys. Man, God is good. Are you grateful to be in God's house today? Now, based on the lights, I can't see any of your faces, so you got to talk back to me today, okay, so that I can see you and hear you in the spirit, all right? I'm excited to talk with you today about what it is to be a disciple. I am so blessed by the series Pastor Tom has led us through, and uh, I hope you've been encouraged. Have you been encouraged? Amen. This is for every one of us, regardless of where you're at in that journey, and um, I I get to be part of, of helping build that heart around here, but it's really just what God has done in my life and what I know he's doing in yours. So there's really, this is for everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, it's for everybody. Amen. I want to take you to Matthew 28, 19 as we get ready to get started today. And uh, incredibly important passage of scripture that really kind of outlines the whole heart of why we're in this series This is Jesus' heart for you. He says it here very clearly. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father 
the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and as surely as I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples. Amen. Anybody encouraged? You ready to be, you ready to be moving as a disciple today? Anybody with me? Come on, member. I can't see you. I got to hear you. All right, here we go. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you are going to speak to each person so individually, so uniquely. You know how to touch the hearts of your people. We're here because you captured us, God. Whether we, we haven't even made that decision yet to follow you or whether we've been walking with you for like 50 years. God, every, do, every day is supposed to be new. You said your mercies are new every morning. So God, I pray that, that your word would come fresh and new to us today and that we would be moving with you and trusting you in new ways. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. I want to unpack this topic today as we talk about discipleship with the key word relationship. Can you say that out loud? Say relationship. Relationship changes everything. We're going to follow the life of Paul, the apostle, and uh, an incredible man who had incredible impact. He had a unique journey and uh, one that I think is going to speak to your life and encourage you regardless of where you're at today. Um, whether you're walking with the Lord or whether you're kind of standing at a distance and just kind of checking things out, I'm really believing that you're going to be encouraged by Paul's story. Relationship changes everything. I want you to hear this morning that Jesus wants a personal relationship with each one of you, every one of you. Some of us settle with an introduction to Christ and don't understand the depth of connection and relationship that is truly available. I know that would have been true in large portions of my story. Where does that settle with you today? Are we inviting him in for the personal relationship that he desires? Relationship with Jesus Christ isn't meant to just be an adjustment. It's, a, it's meant to be a complete 180 a complete, complete 180 in who we are, what we worship, our direction, our character, our habits, our influence, and our purpose. But how many of you are grateful? I know that was a mouthful, but how many of you are grateful that God is patient in that process as we're learning how to move with him as a disciple? I want you to hear today that all he's interested in is, would you take the next step with me? Would you take the next step with me? Would you trust me in a new area where we haven't quite connected yet. Would you make room for him this morning? Come on. Move some furniture. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We've been unpacking from Christmas and putting that all away and resetting. And my wife's a very gifted designer, but I mean, it's like you have, sometimes you just got to move some stuff out of the way and just go, I, I need, I need, God, I want you to know you have the best space inside me. You get the whole thing. Amen. Come on, let's make some space. Paul, um, we're going to find, he, uh, he has been persecuting Christians, okay? We're going to pick this up, verse 9 here. And um, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. Significant moment. Have you ever been at an intersection, and you're standing there, and you're like, I really need to make a U-turn, but I really don't know if this is legal. But I, Lord, please, I... I don't see a sign, but everyone else is doing it or whatever, and you're just not quite sure. Paul's at a U-turn moment, at a 180 moment. This is a moment in every one of our lives. I want to encourage you as we're studying this today to go back to that moment where it was a 180. It was a U-turn moment. God meets us like this. He's not interested in a slight, like I said, a slight adjustment. He's interested, I don't know about you, I was moving this way, and God said, Aaron, I'm going to teach you how to move with me, but you're going to have to learn how to listen, and it's going to take a full 180. Paul is simply out being a good, faithful terrorist, minding his own business, when his entire world flips. Do you remember when your world flipped? Then I love this. In a moment, God takes back all of the gifting and the calling that had been misdirected in Paul towards religion. And he says... I'm going to introduce you to me. I'm interested in relationship. He's interested in relationship with you today. Trusting the journey, though, is not always easy. Would you agree? It takes immediate obedience in key moments. He says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Many of us come to Christ in the same way, a season where everything changes. What we thought we knew we don't know anymore. Our vision gets impaired. Our heart gets impaired, right? And our heart opens up new for a new first time and we invite him and Jesus steps in to take the lead and we're never the same. But it's a moment where everything shifts and it's beautiful and it's incredible, but it's hard. Paul's in that moment. I want to take you to a different moment. Jesus I love how he lived things out. Anything that he wanted you and I to walk out, he did it first. Amen? He went first, and he did it to be able to leave a path of obedience, a path of honor to say, come, come follow me. Matthew 4, 18 says it this way. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake where they were fishermen. He said, come, follow me. Jesus said, I will send you out to fish for people. I love this. At once, at once they left their nets and followed him. There will be moments like there was for Paul, like there was here for Simon and Andrew, and at once moments. I'm sure that you've had them. Some of you are going to have one today. I'm just believing that in faith. But there's multiple moments like that where God comes and he meets with us. And he says, come on, would you take my hand and would you start to move with me? This is the path of a disciple. Learning to move with God. I want you to catch this though. Jesus is not just after a following. He is after disciples that will lay down their priorities, lay down their nets and pick up his, his purpose. Same as in Paul, as in the disciples and Simon Andrew, he, he says, come and follow me. I would ask you this question today though. Who's leading in your journey? You or him? 
He's patient as we're learning to yield our heart to his word or instruction. But we have to be willing as disciples in process to ask hard questions and to say, who's in charge today? Because that's the difference. Who's leading? The disciples were ready. When they encountered real, authentic relationship, they dropped everything to follow Christ. There were unknowns everywhere. But they, like Paul, just said yes. Are we saying yes today? Amen? That's why we're in this season. That's why we're, we're studying this. This is why we're moving into the Bible Engagement Project. Because for every one of us, there's more to understand about God's heart and about his word. Relationship, number two, has a different goal. So relationship changes everything, and relationship has a different goal. As we learn to move and trust this new relationship, the end game has to change. The end game has to change. It changed for Paul, too. He went from being uh, somebody who was just fighting against Christians to fighting with the enemy for lost souls. I want to take you to a second story in, Paul, in Paul's journey. He's with Silas, and they're in a prison. They've been preaching the gospel, and they're locked up. They hadn't done anything wrong, but they were, they were messing with people, and the enemy hated it, but God was using them in, because they were being obedient in this process. So Paul and Silas are worshiping. I don't know about you, but there's been some key moments in my journey where I've struggled in moments like this, and there have been key moments, I, I want to take you there, where you take this step forward. Paul's sitting there, and he has a choice. He has a choice what he's going to do in this moment. He has a choice in how he's going to respond. And I want you to see how disciples respond. Acts 16, 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. People are listening in your moments. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They, repl they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set them uh, set them a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and the whole household. Relationship has a different goal. Disciples don't just have the goal of escaping discomfort, pain, but rather growing in the moment, learning to change the atmosphere and getting them, not just getting themselves free, but getting other people free. I love how they respond in this moment. Your private praise in what feels like prison moments will produce payback against the enemy. He doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't know how to respond when you just worship because God is just good. 
I said this to a young man the other day. We were out on a walk, and we were talking about how he felt this distance, and I said, there's times that you just have to, James 4, 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I have a choice in the moment how I'm going to respond. You know, Lucifer, he was uh, the worship leader in heaven, and he lost his assignment because he wanted, he wanted the praise instead of giving praise. There are keys found in the presence of God to open up doors in the next season of your life. And I'm just going to challenge you in this season ahead as we, as, we, as we move boldly forward into 2022. Be the first one in here when worship starts. Amen? And I'm not, gonna, I'm not talking about as a religious thing, but I mean, like I've got to be in the presence of God. I've got to encounter him. I've got to understand what he has for me on a whole nother level. Because there's, there's moments, uh, incredible downloads and encounters that, that are meant to happen in worship. Yes, in the word, but some of us just haven't quite unpacked that. Some of you feel like, well, I'm not a singer, so uh, I just kind of feel a little awkward. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with standing before your heavenly father and presenting yourself and just saying, God, everything of who I am is because of you. I am so grateful for the fact that you won my heart. I have, no, I have nothing but gratitude. And that's what you find Paul doing right here. Who cares whether I'm in a prison, I'm in all this pain and discomfortable, I'm uncomfortable and everything, and I'm just saying, God, I love you. He saw a moment. He had everybody in the, in the jail's attention. Your private praise in these moments will produce freedom for not just you but for others. And the cool thing about it is that it started to shake things. Your praise will shake things too. I love Paul's response to the doors being opened. He doesn't just run out because the goal was not just to get out of the prison. He says, I'm right here. We're right here. He was more concerned about the jailer than he was about his freedom. Disciples have a different goal but of the gratitude they have for Christ, setting them free internally, they wanted more than just their natural freedom. They wanted more than just the American dream, amen? Man, think about what the enemy tried to do to mess with you. What he tried to do to rob you. Every time he comes at you like that, learn to say, God, I just want, give me somebody I can pray for. Somebody I can love on. I'm gonna, I remember, you know, seasons when I would just get discouraged and I started to understand how significant this was. And I would just start to pray, God. And he would just start to give me people and I'd just start calling them. Moving out of my moment of pain and just moving in. I mean, Paul's just having church. Do you realize what Paul's doing right here in prison? He sang, then he brought the word, then they even had small groups all in this moment. It's pretty cool. He wasn't content to just escape the discomfort of the moment. He wanted God to do something more. It is a process of learning to let God have our story. Paul has this amazing encounter. He grew in faith and dependence and let God continue to build his foundation. Move it from hate to love. I think he was so excited. He was probably sitting there just going, this is so cool. I mean, God, I can't believe that you've changed my heart so much. Like I love that God. I love that God. You know what I mean? For each of us, we have to learn how to ask God to give us the same burden for lost people 
Again, the goal's changing. It's not just my comfort. It's about, God, I want to see other people receive the same love that you've given to me. Many of us have had a lifetime of practicing avoiding awkward conversations and situations. You have to understand, learning to care for lost people, learning to share with them, it's a muscle that every one of us has to build. You have to work at it because it's his heart. Ask God right now while you're sitting in this beautiful sanctuary to give you one heart and then another. And be ready. Take out your phone. You won't offend me because don't worry, I can't see you anyway. Just kidding. But start to just take it down. The Holy Spirit will give you. I want you to start praying for that person. I want you to pray for that person. I want you to call that person. I want you to ask forgiveness from that person. I mean, it's amazing how when you start this, God just starts to move you. And it gets fun. You may think, I don't want to have that awkward conversation. Then It's amazing. When you start to do this, God will give you excitement for it. God, you're going to restore this and you're going to restore this. Because all of a sudden, I'm not being a victim I'm learning to move as a disciple. I'm learning to care about the principles and the, and the core character attributes of the heart of God. Amen? So ask God to give you one person to start to pray for. We have these journals available out here, and we have more coming that, that have key scriptures that you can memorize so that you can feel confident in being able to lead someone to Christ. That's not just for the person sitting in front of you or behind you. You may have thought it was. No, it's for you. It's for every one of us to learn how to do that. We'll all do it differently because we're all gifted differently. Praise God. But for every one of us, we're called to learn to be bold in this area. Jesus, I'm not willing to come home without bringing some people with me. Amen? That's gratitude. When you start to give away that love that he's poured inside you. Disciples are willing to open their lives and their mouths to speak life into others. We want others to know the same love God has and he's poured out on us. Disciples also understand it's not someone else's calling, it's theirs. I don't know about you, I'm here because God won my heart. I didn't deserve any of it. Anybody with me? He came after me. He gave me an incredible parents that were praying. But he pursued me and he pursued me and he pursued me and I'm so grateful. Getting back into Paul's journey. Paul, going back to the beginning, he could have sat on that road to Damascus and he could have said, you know, I've screwed everything up, everything I thought I knew. I mean, I'm just, I can't believe I've wasted all this time. And he could have just sat down in a pity party and said, I just don't want to do anything else dumb. And he could have just not moved with God. But he had quite a different response. He was motivated to run for God for the rest of his life. I want to take you to his response in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. I love this chapter. You got to remember Paul in this moment, he's watching what we're going to be watching in a few weeks, the Olympics going on. He's watching all this and he's, the Holy Spirit is just speaking to him. He says, do you not know that in the race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that won't last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 
Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul was motivated, right? He's on purpose. I'm not running around just trying to figure out what what the next thing to do. I'm moving with purpose. I'm not a boxer just beating the air. I'm letting God have every corner, nook, and cranny of my life I want every part of me to speak of his love and his goodness. Paul was, was so aware of what he was capable of in his flesh, but he wanted to truly honor Christ for saving him. He was disciplined and determined, and God calls us to the same thing today. Amen? Lastly, relationship responds in love. Did you catch this? First encounter road to Damascus. He couldn't even take credit for that, right? God comes, captures his heart, but he starts to move with him. Then he finds him in this prison, hands back here, sitting just worshiping. This is, this is the journey for every one of us as a disciple as we're learning how to give God praise and we're learning how to give him our seasons. But it leads to this, and we're going to We're going to look at Paul when he's shipwrecked. That relationship responds in love. As a disciple grows, love needs to increase. Love is not a weak, passive attribute, but one that requires courage and commitment. You will grow in the love of God as you grow in relationship with Christ. Everything comes back to relationship. Relationship needs to increase. Relationship is meant to deepen. As I dive into the word and relationship grows, I've been reading through the book of Daniel. It's been lighting a fresh fire in me. You see somebody that's running harder, that was so disciplined, that ran so well. Come on, we gotta, we gotta let God's word get in us and light a fresh fire like we were talking about last week. So he's on this, he's on this journey And uh, he finds himself, he had been preaching the gospel, and he finds himself in chains again, and he's on a ship, and he knows that it's not going to go well, and I'm going to break this down for you, but uh, he's totally submitted to let God get the glory for the entire journey, and I just want you to see how a disciple responds in love through this. Again, just God's just increasing his heart inside Paul's. Acts 27, verse 39, when daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay, the sandy beach, where they decided to run the ship aground, if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea, and at the same time, untied the ropes and held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach, but the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow struck fast, the bow struck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding surf. The soldiers planned to kill prisoners to prevent them from swimming away and escaping, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump aboard first and then get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on the pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. See, Paul had been warning the crew. He said, don't do this. Don't go on this. I know this, 
This journey is not going to go well. He'd talk to the, 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 the crew and to the owner of the ship, but they just wouldn't listen. But he's in the middle of this journey, and God meets him in a dream. And God promises to spare him and the crew. Paul uses this moment to declare the goodness of God to all the people. He even takes communion right there. I love that. <laughs> it's like, come on, in this moment, this difficult moment where they all thought they were going to die, he just brings love. It's like, it's not just about me surviving this, but God told me this. God will tell you things in these moments if you learn to discipline your heart and your mind and say, God, what do you want to do right now? How do you want to take care of these precious people? And Paul was learning that. He's, in, he's a prisoner, but he's instructing the crew how to survive. He says, take something to eat. You're going to need your strength. And then I love this. He says, you're going to come through on the broken pieces. I think there's a whole sermon that could be preached about that, but what others see as wreckage can be the very thing that keeps you afloat in storms. The things that others throw away, don't miss it. If you can learn how to be calm in those moments and you say, God, what are you doing? And he goes, there's a piece of wood right there. I provided that for you. It's not like the Titanic where, you know, you kind of wonder why, why Jack couldn't get up. I'm just kidding, sorry. He provides all these pieces He's like, I care about you, and I care about you, and I care about you. You've been ornery, but I still care about you. You know what I mean? Shipwrecks. I mean, you can imagine the characters. Paul was around. But God had given him love for all these broken men. God will do the same for you. You know, this was either his third or his fourth shipwreck. You ever had that happen? I mean, at some point, he would be like, God, okay, I keep me off boats or Please. <laughs> but he had just gotten so grateful because he had seen God use it and use it. It says in, in, in a, I think, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty five, 25, it talks about three times I was shipwrecked, but this story comes after that. So I think this is his fourth. It's incredible. He could have gotten bitter, angry, or just been done. But instead he saw an opportunity to love, protect, and set an example for these precious people. It speaks boldly then, and it speaks boldly now. You and I are going to have shipwreck moments, too, that test our love for God and our love for others. Somebody say amen to that. It does happen. These moments are meant to build our foundation and not destroy it. James 1, 2, and 4 says this, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters. Remember, this was Jesus' brother saying this. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I love this last nine. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. There were so many seasons of my life, maybe I'm speaking and you're, you're, you're picking this up too, that I was not mature, not complete, and by the way, I'm not today. I'm still in process, not lacking anything. But don't you love that Jesus promises that if we'll grab onto him? He says, I'll finish the good work that I started in you if you'll trust me. I mean, think of this last season with COVID. It's brought pressure that's tested love, character, joy, space, peace, grace, commitment, family, <laughs> the cross, being formed into a disciple requires these seasons for refining the whole person of Christ. Romans 12 and 1 says it this way, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't miss this part. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what, the, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when you go through these things, it helps you to learn how to test and approve what God's will is. Oh, that's what you're doing. That's, how, that's why you asked me to go to that person. That's why you asked me to build that, that bridge in that relationship. Come on, do we want to be right or do we want to be reconciled with people? How many times do we want to be right? And God said, would you please lay down your rights? Trust me, if you want to let my heart, my DNA get inside you, that means I have to teach you how to love, especially in these very broken moments, these shipwreck moments. Pastor Tom's been teaching all month on this topic of discipleship. I'm so grateful. I believe God is about to take this church to a whole nother place as every one of us start to learn to step forward and understand that God has more in store for you. It's not just about survival. It's about learning how to move and how to live in victory with Christ. And that when we see the waves and we see the hard moments, we don't back off of them. We just press in, God, what do you want to do? We're not afraid. We're excited. We're pressing in. We're believing for God to do something awesome. I love looking at Paul's journey and just see how relationship shifted everything, how relationship changed the outcome, and how relationship started to teach him how to love. If you want to understand this book and you try to do it without love, it's very clear that you missed the entire point. You can, scripture says you can heal the sick, raise the dead, do all those kinds of things. If you don't have love in you, he's going to look at you and say, I don't even know you because that's his language. That's his language. And the most important one that he, he's saying that to is you today. He's saying, I love you right where you're at. We came up with this acronym maybe over a year ago, belong. It basically spells this out, learning to move in true understanding what God has done for us, to believe fully in who he is, believe in Christ, to engage in the body of Christ, to become part of the family, to love God and love people, to open our hearts and to grow, to navigate by the spirit and to go and make disciples. And all of that sounds well and good. It's a process though, isn't it? I'm in that process. Is anybody with me? I haven't arrived but I am excited about what God is stirring on multiple levels in that list. Grateful to be part of a church that goes. I'm grateful to be part of a church that says, we're willing to adjust, we're willing to make space, we're willing to change how we're doing things to make sure that everyone can understand the word of God. That's what these Bible engagement project, uh, this series is all about. We want you to be able to connect with a group so you can get connected with people. That's what God designed. He designed the church so that you would have precious people that you're growing and learning with, hearing from him, understanding his word, and growing with others.
2 Timothy 2.22 says it this way. It says, flee the evil desires of youth, pursue righteousness, and do it with people that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And we're building our with right now. Amen? We're building our with. I wanna invite all of the Bible Engagement Project teachers to come forward. Would you guys all come up? Just cross the front up here. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. They're coming. Can you give it up for these precious people? They're incredible. Thank you, Lord. And some of them are serving in other spots around the church, but man, our classes are filling up because God's people are hungry to grow, amen? And this is a significant moment we don't want anyone to miss out on. We have like five classes going, including online. Hans and Logan are leading our online class. We've got, I think, five on campus, and then we have uh, three on Sunday morning, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. So regardless of your schedule, you have a class that you can connect with. I'm asking that you would really, truly talk to the Lord, even be willing to adjust some things in calendars so that you could be connecting in this way and growing in this way. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome what God does. And we want you to be a part of it. Can I invite the altar workers and our deacons to come up and just lay hands on one of these precious pastors or teachers? Would you do that for me? They're coming somewhere. There you are. Thank you, Frank. Give it up for Frank getting in the baptismal earlier. Isn't he incredible? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm believing this morning that, um, that God is speaking to your heart, that relationship doesn't miss any of us, does it? Relationships will define the next season and what God wants to do, how we allow him to move. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus. We're gonna pray in just a moment. Or maybe you're here and you would say, I said yes to him but I don't think I've ever let him fully have the reins. He's never really become Lord of my life or I haven't given him full authority. I haven't started to move with him as a disciple because I was maybe a little bit afraid of what God was gonna ask me to do. And this morning, I wanna make a statement with my life and I wanna say, God, my entire life is yours. Come on, I'm asking you to be bold. Don't worry about anybody else in the room right now, but to say, Jesus, I want all you've got. I recognize as I go through this that I need more of your love, that the end goal needs to change. I have to be willing to be uncomfortable enough to share the love you've put inside me with other people. Come on, let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you that you're moving in power in this room right now. We thank you, God. You know every person, you know every heart, and I thank you, God. You're stirring them. If you're here right now and you know you're not in a place where you're right with the Lord, whether you've ever said yes to him before or you would say today, I know, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm, I'm not walking. I'm not walking with him. I'm not trusting him. And I'm asking you, God, to come and to be the Lord of my life. If that's you right now, I just want to encourage you to raise your hand as a statement to say with my life, my whole life, God, I want to trust you. Come on, I'm believing in faith. If we could adjust the house lights just so I can see a little bit better. Come on, maybe you're here and you would say, you would say, God, I know that you're calling me deeper. You want to teach me, God, how to become a fisher of men. Come on, if that's you and you know that there's greater obedience in that area, 
that you need to trust him. You need to trust him to take on new authority in your life. If that's you, raise your hand and say, Jesus, I know you've got my attention right now. Praise God. Hands up all over the building. Come on, Jesus, thank you. Stir us. If you're in here right now and you know that you need more of God's love, you need more of his love to have the courage to be able to open your heart, open your mouth, open your life up to others, and you would say, that's me. I want to learn how to love like Jesus. I want to learn how to be the disciple he's called me to be. Come on. Why don't we all just stand right here? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're going to go back into worship. Come on, let's pray this prayer, though, together. Say, dear Jesus, we give you our lives. We trust you with everything. Thank you for laying down your life for us and building a bridge to relationship. We don't want to miss that. We embrace it. We ask you to be the Lord of our life. We choose you and we're excited to serve you to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I thank you. Thank you for the people that you're speaking to right now, God. God, just stir them as we go back into worship right now. We thank you in advance for the fruit that will come from it. In Jesus' name. We pray that this week's message has been practical, encouraging, and challenging. Let us know if you made a first-time commitment or recommitment to following Christ. Visit peopleschurch.com and click Connect to share your decision with us. There is great value in being a part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching faith community. If you are looking for a church home, Pastor Tom Murray invites you to People's Church in Salem. Sunday morning and evening worship services, group Bible studies, relevant engaging activities for kids and youth in safe, secure environments. Watch messages anytime or plan your visit at peopleschurch.com.